I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. Welcome once again to the Purple Patch Podcast. This is, as ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And today, we're going to start with a quote from Isaac Newton. If I have seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. Yes, leaders need leaders. You are evolving or you are wilting. Today, we talk about coaching, mentorship, and the journey for you to find the right support and guidance in your own quest for performance. Whether you're seeking performance in sport, the workplace, or life, the power of a mentor or coach cannot be overstated. But what makes a great mentor or coach? How do you find the right person for you? And what's your role in the relationship? Well, let's find out. It's all wrapped up in today's show. So, stand up, laddie. Get in line. Yes, let me get my tracksuit bottoms on, my clipboard out, moustache grown, whistle in mouth, stopwatch at the ready. I am going into coach mode. Let's do this. Hang on. First, we've got to do this thing. We like the way he thinks. Serious with the way. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the dictionary word of the week. Yes, word of the week. And this week, the word is training. You might ask, training? If Purple Patch does a podcast on performance, how can a word of the week be something so blatantly obvious? Training. What can I ever tell you about training in a short minute of word of the week without just boring you? Well, it is simple, but it's critical. Now, you committed athletes out there might just be like, duh. But those who are listening that are simply in the search of finding improvements in health, work and life, well, this word should take on more meaning. You see, I believe that for any human being to step forward towards their athletic and therefore their human potential, they must train. That word is important, train. For any executive or CEO to be the most effective leader possible, to maximize their own potential in the position, they must train. And here's the thing, not exercise, but train. You see, exercise is good, but it's not enough. Exercise is unspecific, random, and only ever enables short-term success and benefits. If you exercise, you're approaching your performance in a random manner, and it only takes a few weeks before your body becomes familiar with the routine of the stress that you apply. It adapts, then it gets stale. Your routine becomes as familiar as washing the dishes or putting out the garbage. It's just something you do. To move towards potential, you must train. And that's because training is specific, structured, and progressive. You incrementally transition and evolve. And just as an athlete would find their own top physical performance through an approach that removes random from the vocabulary, so should you. Whether the quest is body composition, energy management, health, or a quest for the podium, to train is to find performance. So don't lean into random or a la carte exercise. 
Because while it's better than nothing, it isn't your path to thrive and find your best performance. Whatever your goal, adopt the athletic mindset to find long-term results. And that is why the word of the week this week is train. Now, let's get on with the meat and potatoes. Mentorship, coaching. Let me first start by telling you a story. You see, last week, Anheuser-Busch brought me in to present on the subject of performance to a group of founders and head brewmasters at many of the more successful craft brewing companies in the US. Yes, performance and beer. My dream, despite the irony. It was great fun and the setup was perfect with a broad screen and a trendy San Francisco hotel conference room, a stage to attentive beer affectionados and a small table with a wonderfully unlabeled IPA as my quote water to quench my thirst as I spoke. Now I could tell that these collection of passionate brewers and entrepreneurs were hesitant as I began the discussion with a model of performance that we utilize for our professional athletes. What does it have to do with them? I went through the traits and characteristics that we consistently see amongst the most successful athletes. But it was only when I declared that these brewing company owners were in fact elite performers in their own right that their ears really picked up. You see, they might all love beer and brewing beer, but also they're business leaders in control of operations, brand, process, stability and building teams. For them to be a success and let their passion flow into enterprise requires many of the same traits that our pro athletes display. So we're talking about coaching and mentors today. Why am I telling you a story about the traits of excellence? Well, come with me. Let's hone in on a few common traits that we do see in high-performing people, whether it's professional athletes, CEOs, or yes, the great beer masters. Of course, there are traits of performance that are more obvious. These include things such as being mission-focused, setting short-term measurable goals, having high physical and emotional resilience and adaptability. The list goes on. But there's a trait that isn't on my list, and that's toughness. You see, that trait, in my mind, isn't really a differentiator. It's a prerequisite. Everyone needs to be tough to succeed. But the traits that are relevant to today's discussion, when we consider the great coaching and mentorship relationships, are maybe a little less obvious, but they're critically important. These traits provide us with insight into the need for advisors, peers and coaches. You see, the traits of the great include the fact that they thrive in an environment of accountability and feedback. They tend to display a growth mindset and never-ending pursuit of learning and improvement. And with so many, there is a certain humility that comes with them, including the appreciation of the value and need for real coaching and guidance, as well as the power of team. You see, the best, the great performers, are not typically lone wolves, and they're seldom controlled by ego. The best excel with the support and guidance of all. Remember what Newton said? 
about standing on the shoulders of giants? And this is why I like to see every performance-minded person seek support. So what does that look like in the real world? Well, here's a nice way to think about it. I often begin when I talk to people about this subject with find three things. The first, someone you can look up to. Yep, that's a mentor or coach. Second, a peer that can travel the journey with you to share and bounce ideas off. And finally, someone to lead. Because the best goal of coaching is to coach. Pursue, share, lead. Today, we're going to focus on the first one. We're going to focus on the mentor or the coached. Whether an athlete, a rising coach, or simply in the pursuit of thriving and evolving in life and the workplace, finding the right person to advise, lead and guide you, without that person simply playing a role of cheerleading, is a worthy pursuit. But let's investigate the good, the bad, the ugly here. What we're going to do is we're going to go through the traits that I believe make up a great coach or mentor. We also want to talk about how you can source that right person that can be the leader of your needs. And then ultimately your role in the equation. How can you best be coached or mentored? Because that's a critical piece of the puzzle globally. Well, let's start with the characteristics of a great coach. And it won't surprise you that the characteristics are not far off the same as any elite performance or business leader. Yes, a great coach or mentor needs to be performance driven. They need to be able to establish a North Star. They need to have short term measurable goals. They need to be resilient, passionate, adaptable, consistent, have a great ability to develop big picture thinking or what we might call perspective. And I believe that they need to, of course, have great communication and they need to be habit driven. You want someone stable and consistent. But I also lean into that trait again, the humility to learn, to be coached themselves. You see, I believe that a strength of leadership and coaching requires humility. And what does that mean? Well, ultimately, look, a clear flaw and weakness in a leader is claiming to have the answer of everything. Guess what? No one, no one has got everything worked out. But what else? Well, when considering coaches and mentors, if we dig a little deeper beyond these traits, we find more traits, more characteristics that I think make up the essence of great coaching and great mentorship. The first is openness and sharing. If someone thinks they have the secret magic and they hide it in their magic book, they become very uninteresting to me. The second is collaborative and cooperative. Yes, look, dictators are ultimately limited and certainly limited in the range of those who they can help. Those that are open and collaborative and cooperative are strong. Great coaches also tend to have an athlete or person first mindset. So they don't think about how am I going to project what I want, but instead they start with the question, what does the athlete or person need? Not want, what does the athlete need? And they're willing to follow through to those needs to ensure that they're success. And behind this, 
most great coaches have a relentless pursuit of learning. One thing I would add, the great are professional, they're not hobbyists. Because as with anything in the world, it can't just be something you do. It must be something you love if you're going to be great. Well, these are all sound traits, but me providing you this insight doesn't necessarily tell you what you need to know in order for you to find the best person or fit for you. So let's look at what to look for in a coach. So when starting the process of looking for a coach, I think it's really important first, before we dive into the characteristics of what you should look for, you need to remember a few things. The first is this journey and your quest for performance is your journey. It's no one else's journey. Whether you're looking for fitness, sport, work, no coach or mentor should own your journey. The accountability is on your shoulders. And so, just like purchasing a new car, shop around, investigate, take your time, and find the right fit. Because if you can find the right fit, then you can commit, and hopefully commit, to the long term. And that's a key ingredient. Ultimately, you will be the one that will own your success, and you'll also be the one that will own your struggles. But with great mentorship and coaching, Hopefully there is more success than struggles. A great coach tends to base their mindset in these facts and they ultimately only want to help if they feel like they can be effective for you. And finally, realize and always remember that mentorship and coaching is a relationship. And so you have as much of a role to play as the coach does. Don't expect fairy dust of greatness. It's a commitment and a relationship that requires you to act and own all the way. So with this in mind, there's a few things to look at. And it really ultimately boils down to this. Is your coach or mentor fit for job and fit for you? So what do I mean by that? Fit for job. Does the coach or mentor overarching approach and methodology and belief system resonate with you? Is there alignment in the way of thinking? Does the coach or mentor also align with your needs? So in other words, if you're an athlete and you're looking for a coach, do they tend to work with people like you with your needs? Is there success in their history with people like you? If you're looking for a mentor, do they have relevant experience in the areas that you're seeking to grow? So let's consider both of those scenarios. If an athlete is heading to a well-known coach because they've produced a host of successful athletes, but that coach is known for having great runners, and most of their success is in the running element, super. But if you're a male triathlete from a running background, is that necessarily the right fit and purpose for your needs? At least have an awareness when you seek the coach. And if you're looking for a mentor in business and life, does your target have relative experience to your areas of growth? A highly successful accountant or finance professional might not be the best mentor for you if your pursuit is teaching or something in the service space. Do they have the skills to help you in your needs? 
Let's do a purple patch example. Because honestly speaking, Purple Patch and myself, well, we're not the right coaching company and solution for everyone. If I think about Purple Patch, I'm really proud of the balance of our professional squad. We tend to have about 50% men, 50% women, and equal success on both sides. I'm also really proud of our longer relationships and our commitment to athlete development over time, from amateur to world class. But what about the amateurs and the performance-driven that seek us out for coaching? Well, our DNA, and it cannot change, our DNA and beliefs are anchored in this concept of performance within context. Yes, we want results, but we never want results at the expense of health, work and family. Our mission, our driving mission, is to allow people to thrive in all aspects of life. So we chase, no, we demand results, but not at all costs. And so if an amateur wins their age group, but does so by ignoring their kids or a breakdown of a relationship, for us, is that success? Not in the purple patch world. We celebrate success, but we don't celebrate unhealthy obsession. So what this means as a purple patch athlete is you wouldn't receive a program that is just simply dumped on top of life. You won't be asked to chase miles and hours that simply aren't there. So if you believe as an athlete to your core that you simply want to do piles of miles, whatever the cost, and you thrive in a dictator and tough man environment where HTFU, harden the F up, is the heartbeat, don't come here. We're not the right fit. And that is okay. There's nothing wrong with us and there's nothing wrong with you. We're just not the right fit. You don't buy a Cadillac because you want to go off-roading and you don't wear heels when you go on a hike. Find the right fit for purpose and for your needs. It sounds obvious, but it's critically important. So yes, needs, your needs, addressing your needs. Before you can assess if a mentor or coach is a good match, you must do some preparation and thinking for yourself. What do you feel like you need? Culture and leadership. What delivers your best performance and response? Now, this is less about what you seek in a friend and more what you seek in a leader. After all, you're after a mentor and coach. Now, we know that accountability is important, feedback is critical, and learning is fundamental. But how do you as an athlete or person, thrive and evolve the best. Well, some people do thrive under a dictator, my way or the highway, a person that sets the methods and rules and you can follow. It can be effective, but is it for you? Or are you better in a relationship that has collaboration at the heartbeat, a partnership, a little bit of benevolence, but a strong framework? Do you thrive with a voice, with ownership, with input? understand and then you can search do you need autonomy are you a person that needs a cheerleader or thrives in autonomy do you need validation and consistent recognition or are you satisfied and can thrive with your own pride and effort thinking about me again as a coach i'm not a cheerleader i like athletes in fact i think it's critical for athletes to develop that word autonomy 
I won't spoon feed and I don't coddle. And it doesn't mean I don't care. And it certainly doesn't mean I'm not negative. I am, by all accounts, really positive. But I believe that it helps people to gain ownership of their journey. Now, is that for you? It might not be. Maybe not. But I bet you can find a cheerleader if that's the environment that you thrive in. If we think about this in terms of life and business mentorship, do you thrive by learning through the experiences of your mentor and being educated on those? Or do you blossom through case studies and your own experiences? Do you need a lecturer or a problem solver? Do you thrive by listening and being told the answer or being challenged and being forced to drive to your own solutions under the mentorship? Filter and seek, not just the label, but the personality. So understanding yourself and the traits of a mentor, you start to identify the fit for job and the fit for you. And both of these are critical. Are they fit for the job? And then are they fit for you? It's an ever-present quality that we're looking for. But the good news amongst all of this is that across all great mentors and coaches, I do believe that there are some ever-present qualities. And out of these ever-present qualities, there are also some red flags. So no matter whether you thrive under a dictatorship or you require collaboration, whether you prefer cheerleading or autonomy, whether you have someone that is directly fit for purpose or maybe is just a wonderful fit in a parallel universe that you still decide to work with, all of the mentors and coaches that are great, they're going to help people and they're going to help athletes, are going to have these qualities. The first is a great ability to listen. Coaching cannot just be about projection. They also have a great vein of honesty, even when it's awkward or tough. Thirdly, empathy. Even the toughest eggs tend to be soft inside. Without an appreciation of how the student or athlete feels or might feel, there's a tendency to be tone deaf. And the harshest, strongest leaders still tend to have a great element of empathy. And then, as I've mentioned before, that magic word, one that continues to come up for me when we think about strong leadership, humility. Any great leader or coach will have a strong element of humility. So yes, they might be successful. They might have very strong opinions, but the very best seldom fail to appreciate their own opportunity for growth development and even gaps in their own skills and wisdom. So, as I mentioned before, if someone claims to have worked it all out, well, they're just simply not the right mentor or coach for you. With all of the above in mind, a strong mentor will also be eager to still learn and most great coaches and mentors appreciate that any relationship will offer lessons and a chance for their own growth. In other words, the mentor will know how to benefit from the giving and the guidance, not just from the student. And finally, openness. We always say that the magic isn't in the workouts. So while important when we think about coaching, 
sharing and being open is key for everyone's success. Let me give you an example. A few weeks ago, I spent the day with a very good coach. He's a very good triathlon coach, Jim Vance. And by all accounts, we are competitors. In fact, a month ago, Jim's athlete, Ben Canute, beat my athlete, Sam Appleton, to the line of the Ironman 70.3 World Championships. Now, instincts might sometimes say, we need to keep our secrets. But that day that I spent with Jim was filled with sharing of thoughts, information and knowledge. How do we each do it? Sharing, common ground, differences of opinion. I think we both learned stuff and we both have opportunity. Perhaps Ben will's benefit, perhaps Sam will, I don't know. But what I do know is it was energizing and no one lost. There was no special source that was erased. The only outcome that could occur was shared growth. We all win. And if you seek this type of openness and mindset in your coach, it's going to benefit you and ultimately it'll benefit anyone. Secrets equal insecurity and that's a great ticket for you to bypass. Finally, a coach, a mentor is an uplifter. What's an uplifter? What do I mean by that? It's not a cheerleader. You see, I believe that your success should be their pride, particularly if it's a mentor. In other words, if I ever have a chance to mentor a young coach and that young coach ends up growing to become a direct competitor, it would be a point of pride and joy for me, not a threat. Want a real world example? Jerry Rodriguez, me. Jerry coached me. He mentored me. He educated me. He challenged me. He was tough and honest. He held me to account. He enabled me to grow. And he's been the biggest supporter as we developed from a mentorship relationship and student to peers. Everyone wins. We all grow. Who's next? I hope it's you. So let's dive into how to be coached and be mentored. The final element of this, we have the characteristics. We have what to look for for you. Is it the right fit? But what's your role? Because make no mistake, at least 50% of the coaching or mentorship success is on your shoulders. You own this. Remember, I'm not your friend. I'm your coach. So your success and results from your mentorship and coaching are mostly a result of your own actions. So I think when you think about your role, the first grounding is this is a relationship and it's important that you bring your best to the party. Don't be passive. Don't wait to be told what to do. Be present, be focused and be committed. Because a true mentorship or coaching relationship takes time to cement and blossom and it can never be static and it can never flourish with only one side of the party bringing their best selves. I also think it's important for you to speak up, be you, be inquisitive. Quiet mouths don't get fed. So you look for communication, feedback and charge in emotionally. Preparedness. When you're thinking about a coaching or mentorship, you should arrive to discussions ready with questions or even an agenda. Ask questions. Seek to learn. 
if you understand the why behind the advice or prescription, you can get on board and execute as intended. But if you're just waiting to be told what to do, you just become a clock puncher and that's never going to help you grow. So yes, it's a relationship and you need to communicate. You need to bring your best self and you need to be prepared. But out of that, you need to learn to follow through. Number four, success will only emerge if you manage your side of the street. For an athlete, that means that your actions must align with your stated goals. You cannot claim a goal of being a professional triathlete if you don't show up to swim workouts. And you have to provide feedback as you're going along the journey. If the coach asks for feedback on sessions, then provide that feedback. If a mentor asks you to do homework, do it. You need to follow through. This is your ownership. It's not about being spoon-fed. It's about you executing on what your intentions are. If you do all of the above, if you follow through, and then be clear to hold the coach to account. If they fall through, don't be passive. Have the conversation. It's the only route for any relationship to evolve and grow. And tough conversations, ultimately, yeah, they're awkward and they're tough, but they're growth opportunities. And finally, I think it's your role to commit to the long term. You see, patience is a part of your performance journey. So commit, go on the journey. As long as you have that fundamental belief, you did your homework when you actually started with your coach or mentor. And secondly, you understand the mission of where you're going, if not ask. And thirdly, your mentor and coach is committed, and then you are a team. As a team, it's a journey, and you're committed. And that's why, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's so, so important for you to find the right fit and ensure that they're fit for purpose and fit for you. And then ultimately, you bring your best self to your side of the relationship. If you both have that, and that's the grounding, fundamental fabric of the relationship, you go on the journey as a team. To echo that, and I think this point is important, I have never seen a serial coach or mentor hopper achieve great things. I'll say that again. I've never seen a person that hops from coach to coach to coach or mentor to mentor to mentor achieve great things. And so that's coaching. That's mentorship. Who or what is right for you? Do you really need support or guidance? Well, every single elite performer that I've met in sport or business embraces the need and is committed. Outside of the very, very rare lone wolf, the best are humble enough to seek guidance in some form. So I'll leave you with the piece that we mentioned at the top of the show. Every person thrives if they have someone to look up to, such as a mentor or coach, a peer to travel the journey with, and ultimately someone to lead. Today, we investigated a mentor and coach. But have a think and be open. Because if you embrace this side of it, you can grow and evolve in a way that you've never imagined. Until next time, take care. All right, gang, so as promised, that was mentorship, that was coaching. But let's do 
questions of the week. Remember, if you want to ask a question, we can't get through all of them every week. We have got a show coming up in the coming weeks, which is only focused on questions again. But questions at purplepatchfitness.com. Today, we're going to Tulsa. Now, for you internationals, Tulsa is in Oklahoma. Jerry, thank you for the question. And it's a pretty simple one, but an important one, I think, for you runners out there. In running, is it important to really focus on getting away from heel striking and trying to land on the forefoot? It's a great question. I have this all the time when I first start to work with triathletes or athletes or fitness enthusiasts. And in short, no, it isn't important. You see, I'm not a fan on focusing on how the foot lands or hits the ground. That's a long way from your brain. And ultimately, it isn't important on how your foot hits the ground. In fact, many elite runners land on the heel. It's much more important where it lands. And we want it to land much closer to the hip and under the knee. But the question for you, Jerry, is how do you get there? Don't think about the foot. Think about instead all of the basic elements of form that pr will promote both lower ground contact time, and therefore you have faster foot speed or turnover, and avoid the foot landing way out in front of you. And that's when people say landing on the heel, what they're really saying is the foot landing way in front of the, of the body, hence the braking and the higher impact. So those basic elements of form, and they are basic, are really simple. The first, good posture. Stand tall, stand upright, and just get, like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, your center of balance, just in front of neutral. Your arm carriage. Remember that your arm carriage should have most of the propulsion and swing occurring behind the body. The elbows are pushing back. You're not reaching forward with the hands and pulling you forward. And finally, remember that running is a pushing sport, not a pulling sport. So integrating propulsion off the foot to gain speed and distance prescribed is the route to go. Keep it simple. Don't let your mind be polluted with how your foot is landing. It might sound sexy, but it is typically just a symptom of form that is actually requires a focused higher up the chain. So I hope that helps. We don't mind about heel strikers or forefoot. It all is the same for us. What we care about is basic form and developing the route to enable the foot to land closer to the body and decrease ground contact time. So to wrap up this week, we usually do lessons, but we're not going to do lessons this week. I'm going to go a little personal. I'm going to have a little gratitude this week my mentors, my folks that have shown light and darkness to me, both professionally and personally. Who are some of the people that have helped me, that have guided me? Well, first, Kelly. Yep, Kelly, my wife, my partner, my closest ally and confidant. But the truth is, Purple Patch wouldn't be Purple Patch without Kelly, right from the start of this journey. So yes, she's a partner, she's a friend but she's also been a mentor. The second, as I mentioned, Jerry Rodriguez, a key component of my coaching growth. Within the banner of coaching, Ed Buckman, the very first person that I coached under, going right back to the start of my coaching career, but is still a backbone in so much rich learning. My brothers, 
the love, the persecution, the tireless hours of back garden cricket and football, never making life easy, never letting me win, but always supporting and driving me on, always caring, but never bullshitting. Derek Robson, helping me see potential and telling me my first biggest mistakes in business would come after the first big success. Well, they did, and I got through it, and I learned. And I even don't blame him for being a Derby County supporter. Carmel Galving, an ever-present front-seat passioner, forcing us, Kelly and I, to gain perspective and join the performance dots between sport and business so often. Tom Andrews, the education and mentorship on leadership, team building and vision. And Paul Buick, he called me a fat old bastard and he saved my health but he also taught me more about bicycles and no-nonsense training than I ever know. My own coaching team. They bring so much to the table. They bring energy, they bring passion, but they also show me what it means to be a great coach as much as I try and lead them in the same pursuit. And finally, Sir Michael Moritz, who taught me so much about individual growth, leadership, and how to seek your best performance within context of your life. These are just some of the great mentors that I've been lucky to have on my journey. And I build and lean in and adopt and learn from as many as I can. And my journey is not complete. I don't know it all. I've got a lot more to learn. But hopefully today this can provide a little perspective into my mind and the way that we see things at Purple Patch. And so get going on your journey. Remember, someone to learn from someone to share, and someone to lead. If you can set that up, I promise you, your performance journey will be an even better success. Best of luck. Chat next week. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!